Welcome to another edition of Contractors Corner, the Solar Power World podcast series in which our editors talk with solar contractors and installers just like you. This podcast series is a companion to the Contractors Corner column in the back of our print magazine and on our website. So make sure you look for our featured solar contractors in every issue. I'm Michelle DeFrangia, and in this episode, we are speaking with Cal Morton, Sales and Marketing Executive for Texas Solar Outfitters. Thanks so much for being with us, Cal. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Of course. Can you start off by telling us a bit about the company? When was it founded? How many people were involved at its beginnings and about its philosophy? Sure. The company was founded right at three years ago. We're here in Houston. This is our only physical location. We have a, a warehouse and office facility pretty centrally located really just about three three miles west of, of downtown. It was founded by Garrett Gordy. And Garrett is just a, a gentleman that's been interested in, in, in solar for a long time, although he's quite a, still a young man, 32 years old. And there was an opportunity that came up when another solar company in town was you know, getting out of the residential side of the business. And so there was, I think, Garrett and... Three of the guys from the previous company called what well, was Alternative Power Solutions got together and formed Texas Solar Outfitters. So I guess there were four guys in the very beginning, one of those being the master electrician, so that we had our electrical contractors license. And they opened the doors up and waited for the business to roll in. When that didn't happen, uh, decided they needed to hire a salesperson. So I think the first salesperson was hired right about two years ago. Uh, we're 16 people now. And, uh, and growing. In Houston, Texas, there is a great demand for skilled labor here, electricians in particular. And it's hard in the solar industry to pay the sort of wages that are available out there, whether it be in the oil fields or whether it be here in the ports in Houston. So we were probably 10 people this time last year. From a residential commercial standpoint, we do more residential jobs by far, like I would guess most companies that kind of straddle the residential commercial sector. On a revenue basis, I would say we are 60% residential, 40% commercial, maybe a little bit more residential. In the last couple of years, I think we've done about 80 residential jobs here, all in the, in the greater Houston area. Probably six commercial jobs and one very large commercial job where we were the subcontractor responsible for wiring. It's great to hear that for being a bit of a newer company, it seems like, that you're continuing to grow, especially in that competitive market in Texas. So I think that's fantastic. It's kind of a funny thing here. Houston proper is the fourth largest city in the country. and If you include this vast metropolitan area, there's over 6 million people in our direct service area, of course. I mean, we'll go 80 to 100 miles outside of our home office location. Which we're reining that in as we get busier and busier. We are having to feel more comfortable recommending them to another contractor a bit closer to them. And a little plug here for solarreviews.com. A lot of times I'll go there and put in that person's zip code and try to find an installer in the area. So with 6 million people in our direct service area, we have, even in an incentivized market, those type of numbers help make up for that. Houston, it's booming now. There's people moving here from all over the country, and, and in many cases, they're bringing their sort of green credentials with them, because as a, as a population, as a demographic here, we're not exactly 
thought of as the tree-hugging types that kind of helped to spur the solar revolution in, in the state of California, for example. We do feel grateful. We feel grateful that we're busy and we're able to grow, and we're also lucky that we've had some secure financial backing, not venture capital money where our angel-type money where people are always like, okay, well, you know, what have you sold lately? What have you sold today? I mean, of course, that's a concern, but we're not, we don't have an owner that's looking for an exit strategy as soon as he can get out. He's, he's patient, and he provides us with capital so that we can grow the business and get good prices for our, our equipment. The struggles are that equipment costs are, are so high. Financing is almost non-existent in Texas. I mean, Solar City doesn't really play around in, in the state other than a few pockets here and there in North Texas. There's really not a viable leasing product in the state of Texas, so most of our deals are cash. I think out of getting close to 100 residential jobs, I can only recall two that were financed. The smaller market makes it more difficult for a smaller solar company to get in there and stick in there because there's no marketing going on. I understand in California, if you drive around, there's billboards for solar integrators and snow solar all over the place. You won't find one here, certainly not in Houston. Generating leads here is kind of expensive, so that's something that some of the smaller companies can't afford. So going off that, and on that note, what is the regulatory situation in your state? Does the government support the industry and help out with any type of grants or funding in those ways? The state legislatures and then and the governor and his appointees on the Public Utility Commission. They have basically ignored solar. Wind is a different story. Texas is by far the largest producer of, of wind energy in the U.S. But since solar prices have come down, really since 2008 when we, when we saw really the precipitous decline in, in panel prices and therefore the cost of energy that's being produced by those panels, well, that's been since the Obama administration has been in, really since 2009. And so from a purely political position, and this is my opinion, the state has ignored all of these benefits that these falling prices have offered. And so there is no state incentive program, and Texas does have a problem. The latest figures I saw, we had 1,300 people a day moving to this state. And so we have increased pressure on our grid. And while a lot of people think, oh, well, low natural gas prices, is, you have cheap electricity, yes, we do. But it also means that we have a lack of enthusiasm by companies that generate power from natural gas to build additional generating capacity because they fear getting locked into long-term contracts with cheap natural gas and natural gas prices will eventually go up. Power from solar installations can be put into place rapidly, and we need that here but we're not getting any help from the state. We don't really get any help in Houston from any source, no local utility rebates, no city rebates. So it's mono a mono with cheap natural gas and relatively inexpensive electricity with only the 30% federal tax credit available to us. Again, we're just lucky we live in a city with 6 million people. Otherwise, we probably would struggle with having the numbers. So if you were king of the solar industry for a day, what's the one thing you would change? trying to think if I would be a selfish king or a magnanimous <laughs> king. You know, obviously, if I was a magnanimous king, I'd want an incentive program in our state that made solar affordable to everyone for the good of the air quality and the lack of water resources in our state and to give everybody more energy independence. 
But then again, if we had that, then Solar City would be coming and playing in our state and in our town, and, and then that probably wouldn't be good for us as a company. So I, I guess I'd wish for 300 watt panels in a 60 soft format available at East Central Watt. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> what would you say is the most important business lesson you've learned since you've been in the industry? I'm on the sales management side, so my lessons, I guess, would probably be different from Garrett's, who's the owner. His lesson would probably be don't hire a lot of high-paid folks on salary in the very beginning of your venture. But from the sales perspective, if you're going to be online, you're getting pulled in all sorts of directions. We've got lead generation companies calling us all the time. We've got you know, the local, regional, and neighborhood newspapers calling us all the time, radio companies calling us all the time. And for the most part, I think that money is not spent wisely. And we have spent money, and we have spent those dollars without seeing much return. I think you have to get out and you have to beat the pavement around your jobs. And that's a lesson that really a lot of companies didn't have to learn. It was sort of natural. Getting out in the neighborhoods, talking to the, the folks around your job sites, going to local schools, taking every opportunity that you can to speak. Offer yourself as a speaker at events. Everybody loves to hear about solar. At least they do here because it's new. So keep a very tight grip on your marketing budget and don't get convinced by every other salesperson that calls you up with a Legion product or a marketing opportunity. I think that's great advice. Switching gears a little bit here, what's the thing that you enjoy most about being in the solar industry? I enjoy being busy. In previous, I was a stockbroker for many years, and you were constantly, and this is going back to the late 80s, early 90s, where you were constantly calling on people and cold calling and trying to generate some interest, and there was 100 other people maybe that were calling them as well. And one of the things I like about this industry is, especially in this growth stage that we're in, and our sort of unique place in the market here in Houston is that we're very fortunate we have a lot of people that are very interested in what we do and are calling us. So we're busy, and that keeps your mind active and makes you feel good about your day. And then it makes you feel even better in the fact that what you're doing is actually helping the environment. For every panel that we install, that's a little bit of fossil fuel that doesn't have to be burned. It offers a little bit of financial security to the person who's putting that panel up and knows that they don't have to pay for that electricity ever again that that panel generates. So from a financial planning perspective, I like selling solar because as long as the sun keeps rising like it has for the last however many billions of years, you present numbers to a customer and they can pretty much count on those numbers. Yeah, you can sleep at night, sell a good product, sell a high-quality panel, high-quality inverter, install it with good certified guys, take the time just a pleasurable business to be in all around. Yeah, a lot of other people that I've talked to that have been in the industry say something. Everybody enjoys what they're doing, and they're in this industry because they love what they're doing. And other people, such as yourself, who have come from other backgrounds, have come into solar because they have a passion for it, and they really enjoy it. And I think that's great that people are doing it because they want to do it, not necessarily for financial gains. And kind of yeah. go going along with what you said, too, what do you think has enabled Texas Solar Outfitters to be so successful, especially in a competitive market such as Texas? 
in regards to success, I think it's relative. Yes, we have grown, and with that growth has come some pain as far as trying to manage that growth, manage the people, managing the scheduling, et cetera. We are making money. We are cash flow positive, but we are not wildly profitable by any definition. I think a big part of our success was timing. We came along and Garrett started this company at a time that he thought was right when people were becoming more aware of perhaps the impact that we were having uh, on the environment. At that point in 2000, you know, late 2010, 2011, you know, panel prices had already come down quite a bit and looked like they were headed lower. And it's like, well, here, this looks like a solution. And he's a passionate conservationist. And uh, their family owns quite a bit of land, and they're great stewards of land and the environment. And so this was a way that he felt like he could help, and he had the financial resources to get this business off the ground and allow us to grow and to lose money initially when other people wouldn't have been. So I think timing, financial resources, and the right people have been the biggest mix and the key to our success. That's great. I think a story of growth is really fantastic. It's nice to see that companies are continuing to grow. And like I said earlier, you know, the newer company, and I, it looks like you've been growing pretty quickly, which is great to see. Speaking of growth and development, where do you see the solar industry in five years? As an industry, I don't think we can grow at the exponential rates that we have over the last four years or so. Looking at the latest quarterly statistics, just over 90% of all solar that has ever been installed in the U.S. has been installed since the first quarter of 2010. Now, granted, I realize that's from a very low base, and there's a lot, lot, lot more potential going forward. But I think it's going to be a, a healthy growth rate going forward. I certainly don't see a dip. The growth rate will slow, but I don't think it's going to go down. I see great potential for us here in the Houston market. There's just a lot of awareness that hasn't happened down here yet from a business owner standpoint. I mean, you know, we have massive warehouse space, industrial space here in the Houston area along the shipyards. And, and I bet that one out of every 10,000 people in these businesses have any inclination or understanding that they could probably generate their electricity on their roof for about the same price, maybe even less than what they're paying the retail energy provider. So I see great potential for us and the state, particularly in the commercial market, residential as well, but I think especially on the commercial side. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the 30% federal tax credit. I don't see prices really declining all that much in the next five years. I don't see module prices going down all that much over the next five years. Maybe they will. I think equipment prices are pretty much fairly priced with us. It comes down to the efficiency of the installation and keeping our guys busy and timing jobs so that we spend the maximum amount of time on a roof. That's the key to the industry, I think, installing as efficiently as we can, and we got a long way to go. I think you're absolutely right, Cal, and I think a lot of your peers in the business would agree with you on that point. That's all questions I have for you today. So thanks again for being with us. We really appreciate you talking to us. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Well, again, this has been another edition of Contractors Corner, a Solar Power World podcast series in which our editors talk with solar contractors and installers just like you. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time.